Pray with me, please. Lord, I ask you to come in this midst. While we don't know what's going on outside, we do know what's going on inside. And what's going on inside is that we are worshiping you. Lord, we ask you to give us clean hearts so that we can serve you. But Lord, we know that you will take our hearts any way they are and you will clean it up. So Father, I ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen, 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 and amen. Now, John 3.16. John 3.16. It has been deemed by many to be one of the most popular verses in the Bible. And it's also a summary of Christianity's central doctrines between God the Father and the Son and us. John 3.16, you see it everywhere, don't you? You see it on billboards. Folks hold it up in signs doing sporting events so it can be caught on TV. <laughs> it's even tattooed to some people. John 3.16. A lot of people know it. A lot of people can say it. But how many people know the story behind it? Behind this most popular of Bible verses. Well, today as we enter the second Sunday of Lent, let's examine what I call the backstory of John 316. Now, what's a backstory? You know what it is. A backstory is a literary device that tells an earlier story of some character. For example, how many of you know about Superman? <laughs> Superman has a backstory. And the backstory of Superman is that Superman's parents were on this planet called Krypton. And he was on this planet called Krypton, and the planet was about to be destroyed and blown up and all that kind of good stuff, right? Uh-huh. And then so then they put the soon-to-be Superman on a rocket ship, and it went to Earth. And it went to this town called Smallville, and he was adopted by a family called the Kents, and they named him Clark. That's the backstory of Superman. Now, anybody ever heard of the Ballad of the Beverly Hillbillies? The Ballad of the Beverly Hillbillies? I know, Brother Tree, you know it. The Ballad of the Beverly Hillbillies? Well, that's the backstory of Jed Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies. You know how it goes. Come and listen to a story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer who's... <laughs> Then one day, his, he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground comes a bubbling crude, or that is, Texas tea, black gold. So the kinfolk said, what? Jed, move away from here. That's the backstory of the Beverly Hillbillies. So oftentimes, we get the backstory of characters. If you're a Marvel TV fan or in the Marvel Universe, there are backstories to all of the Marvel characters. 
backstories. So today, let's look at the backstory of John 3.16. So, it can be found in chapter 3, starting really at verse 1. And I gave you a handout that I want you to look at if you're here in the sanctuary that will help us do this. Now, this backstory takes place in something I call the heat of the night. Now, I almost did the whole backstory of the heat of the night. You know the heat of the night, the television show, but the heat of the night in the movie was Sidney Poitier and Rod Stagger. And then there was another one called, they call me Mr. Tibbs, that came from that. So, you know, this whole backstory takes place at night. And you know, the nighttime has long been associated with things that are done in secret. The other day, President Biden went to Kiev and he left Washington at night in secret. The Allies attacked on D-Day on the beaches of Normandy. They got there at dawn, but they left at night in secret. Law enforcement often do undercover operations, and they do them when? At night, in secret. Now, all of y'all know the stuff that you did back in the day, at night, <laughs> in secret. And you're pleased that you survived all that stuff. Well, after dark one night, a Jewish religious leader by the name of Nicodemus, a member of a sect called the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees were believers in something called the religious law. And they not only practiced the religious law, they taught the religious law, they wrote the religious law. And these Pharisees could not stand Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was blowing up the religious law. He said it didn't matter. He was teaching people a new way of living, a new relationship with God. And because he was doing all of that, the Pharisees got mad. And why did they get mad? Because they were losing their influence. They were losing their power. And believe it or not, the Pharisees knew that Jesus was right. So, Nicodemus came to visit Jesus. But again, he comes to visit Jesus in this kind of covert manner because he does it in the heat of the night. And in verse 2 of John 3, Nicodemus declares right off the bat that Jesus was not a hat, that Jesus was not a frog, that Jesus was indeed sent by God. Look at the verse 3. It says this, Teacher, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. No one can do the miraculous signs that you do unless they have God's help. Now notice in that verse the word we. It's an acknowledgement that Nicodemus is not alone among the Pharisees who know who Jesus is. Because when we say we, we mean what? Me and somebody else. 
Also notice that Nicodemus called Jesus teacher. Called him teacher. Now in some translations the word is rabbi, which is also mean teacher. And so in the heat of the night, Jesus will teach Nicodemus several things in chapter 3. And I want to highlight three of them. The first one is this. In the heat of the night, Nicodemus learned from Jesus the concept of being born again. The concept of being born again. Look at verse 3. I assure you, everyone must be born again. Anyone who's not born again cannot be in God's kingdom. Now, what Jesus was trying to convey is this. All those miracles and all those signs that he did, they didn't mean a thing. What means a thing is this, that we come to Christ by faith. And so you got to be born again. You have to accept Christ in order for that faith to take hold. So he's saying that you've got to be born again. You cannot be the same person who went out to the clubs all those years ago in the middle of the night and be with God. You have to be born again to be saved. Now the second thing in the heat of the night, Nicodemus learned that Jesus is the Messiah who has come to earth and who will be killed and who will rise again but Jesus will defeat death and will have everlasting life. Look at verses 14 and 15. Verses 14 and 15 in your handouts. Now this is kind of convoluted so let's see if we can unpack it. In verse 14 Jesus says this, Moses lifted up the snake in the desert it is same is the same with the Son of Man. He must be lifted up to. And verse 15 says this. Then everyone who believes in him can have eternal life. Now what Jesus is doing there is he's referencing something that happened in Numbers chapter 21 verse 19. This is where many of the Israelites have been bitten by a snake. And they were getting ready to die. And God told Moses to take a snake that's a brass snake, put it on a pole and lift it up. And those folks with faith will live. And the snakes won't bite anybody else if they have faith. This is a metaphor saying this, that Jesus will be lifted up and the way he's going to be lifted up is on the cross. And that he will be crucified. But death will not take hold. And on the third day he will rise from the dead. What Jesus is doing here to Nicodemus, he's telling Nicodemus about his own death. And oh, by the way, we will see Nicodemus again as we celebrate the Lytton story. We'll see him two more times. We'll see him one time when Jesus is being tried. And we'll see him another time when Jesus has died. 
So, in the heat of the night, Nicodemus learns one final thing from Jesus. He tells him that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. He gave us Jesus so that we could have a clean heart. He gave us Jesus so that we would have an opportunity at salvation. He gave us Jesus so that we could have a life that we could live and we could live more abundantly. He gave us Jesus so that anyone who would believe, not in the signs and miracles, but believe in Jesus himself, that person would not perish. That person would not die. That person would have everlasting life. That's the backstory of John 3.16. That's the whole thing that it's all about when people put it on billboards. That's the whole thing it's all about when folks hold it up on a, at a sporting event so you can get on TV. That's the whole thing that it's all about when people put it on some tattoo. It's about our salvation. It's about our God. So the question is this morning, as we are in the second Sunday of Lent, and as we continue these 40 days of being closer to God, it is not about what you give up. It's not even about what you do. It's about your faith and about your salvation. These are 40 days to get closer to God. And I suggest we all use these 40 days to indeed do just that. Get closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the question today is, are you saved? The question today is, do you really believe in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life? That's the question. So if you are not saved, or if you're not sure, if you're backslidden a little bit, pray with me. Lord, we come this morning now knowing the backstory of your son, Jesus Christ. We know that in the dark of night, in the heat of night, he brought light not only to Nicodemus, but to all of us. So, Father, I come as a sinner. I come asking you to save me. I come asking you to make me better. I come asking you to give me a clean heart so I can follow you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, let us all say amen. amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, this is one of these we moments. If you prayed that prayer with me, then you are saved. But as I say every single Sunday that your salvation is no good unless you find a place to practice your salvation. 
and greater Bethel is that place to practice your salvation. It is a place that we are trying every single day to pull up some timber for the Lord. And so, in just a few moments here in the sanctuary, I will give people an opportunity to grab hold to the Lord. I'm going to hold out my hand and that you can also give God your heart. But if you're looking online, if you're listening to this later on a podcast or ever, we get it back out to you. We would love for you to have that opportunity as well. So here's what you do. If you're watching us, all you need to do is dial my telephone number or send me a text, which many people have. 608-358-1309. 608-358-1309. And just uh, send me a text. Give me a call. Let's have a conversation about your faith. Now for our benediction, which is a covering of God's grace until we meet again. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who forever believed in him should not perish but will have everlasting life. And now, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the communion of the saints be with us now, let us all say. Amen.